0: Welcome to It Starts at Home, a weekly podcast where we have honest conversations about what discipleship looks like in the home. Our hope is to come alongside parents by providing biblical truth and practical tools for raising kids and teens. We don't claim to be experts, and we haven't written any books, but we do love families and want to help them build their foundation on Jesus. Thanks for joining us. Hi, my name is Allie Keaton. Thanks for joining us for another episode of It Starts at Home. I'm here as always with my co-host, Thad Yessa. How's it going, Thad?
1: I'm I'm doing really well. Uh, I took our advice last week and did some self-care and went to Texas with my wife, which Mm. was nice and warm and restful.
0: It's not warm here now. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's, cold. It's It's (laughs) the
1: opposite of what Texas is. So, Allie... What are we talking about today?
0: Well, it's cold, and so that must mean that Christmas is around the corner. So, uh, we think of Christmas, we of course, as good Christians, think of Jesus' birth, but I can't help but think of presents and spending and family time and all the things that come with Christmas. So, let's talk about presents.
1: Yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with presents, right? We need to start there. That there's nothing wrong with buying presents for your kids or for family or for friends but more importantly underneath that is we need to remember that as christians we are called to live a life of generosity uh we think of uh james 1 that it says every good and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change and we remember that that god is generous Uh, When we think about God, we think that he could have given us a world to live in that was very boring, that was very gray, that was very dull, that didn't have bright colors, didn't have weather that's changing for us to enjoy, and it could have just been like gray food that we eat. But no, he gave us a beautiful world to live in. He gave us wonderful food to eat. And he did this because he is gracious and he is loving and he is generous. Mm. Uh, There's nothing that we did in order to earn any of this from God. But God also gives us everything that we have or that we don't have because God only gives good gifts and he only gives us the gifts that we need.
0: Yeah. On another note with generosity, generosity models the gospel in a practical and tangible way, in a way that we can see and feel generosity is meant to be a hallmark of our Christian faith. The gospel in and of itself is the story of God's generosity. John 3.16, God gave to us his one and only son. That was a sacrificial type of giving. He gave his only son. We live in a world, as we are well aware around this season, we live in a world of consumerism and materialism and what do you want for Christmas and let's go tell Santa. Uh, we live in a world of narcissism where we think about ourselves. Um, but when we're generous, we have an opportunity to demonstrate love and like an act of kindness that causes most people to stop and pause like why would you do something that nice for me why would you give me something that nice through our generosity and our giving we can actually prepare other people's hearts to receive the good news
1: and it's god's infinite grace that we remember in the gospel that fuels our generosity it fuels the glorification of god and his gospel so generous giving whatever that is whether it's time talents or treasures any type of that in the context is ultimately not about us or the needs we're meeting, but as Christians, it's about us giving honor to God and proclaiming his good news to other people. Mm. Something as small as giving a gift to someone who doesn't have any gifts, mm. that is less about us meeting a need and more about us showing the love of Jesus and giving God glory. Mm. And as we learn to give, we become more and more aware that God is our ultimate provider who promises to supply all of our needs, Philippians 4.19. So that's all great, but Allie, how do we actually teach and model this for our kids and teens?
0: Yeah, so number one is to set an example and do it yourself. Be generous yourself. The one thing we know that impacts the adult practice of biblical stewardship and generosity more than any other thing is what we learn in our childhood, especially from our parents. This is gonna be our number one point in every podcast episode where we talk about how do you teach your kids something? Well, the best way for you to teach your children and teens something is to first set that example for them. If we want our kids to be generous, we must first lead the way. And it's a good idea to examine our own hearts and our witness to them in this area. So what's my example really teaching my kids about my generosity? Or why do I struggle to be generous? Am I scared of being generous? Do I truly not have time to be generous? Um, Just taking that time to examine in your own heart, how are you living in this area? And then how is that example being shown to your kids? We can't necessarily light the fire in our kids to be generous, but living lives of generosity in front of them can lay that kindling for that fire to start.
1: Uh, Number two, uh, after modeling it for them, is to talk about it. Point out generosity when you see it. Talk about God's generosity um, some Bible stories that you can reference to teach them. You can think of the widow's offering or the widow's mite where she gave all that she had and it wasn't nearly as much as the other rich people, but she gave. Mm. Uh, you can think of Elisha and the widow's oil, how mm. he comes and she says, hey, I only have a little bit. Right. I'm going to use these ingredients. I'm going to make one loaf of bread and my son and I are going to die because we don't have any more. Mm. But she goes and she shows hospitality and generosity to Elisha. And the widow's jar, the oil, continues day after day after day. And so we think of these stories, and that's what we use to teach our kids about generosity. Mm -hmm. Um, You can look at other scripture references as you're reading in family worship of 1 John 3.17. But if anyone has the world's good and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him how does God's love abide in him and Mm -hmm. simply teach our kids that one way we show God's love is by caring for those who can't care for themselves. So as you're reading the Bible with your family, let that spur conversations like, Hey, how can our family care for someone else in need? We could also let our kids in on how we're giving and how we can teach them a lot through that. It's not boasting saying, Hey kids, Look at what I did. I just took all of these old toys that you had and I donated them to someone else. Look at how toys. Look at how good (laughs) I am. But instead, like, hey, I'm taking your toys and these are going to help someone else who's in need. Or, hey, right now our church is doing a hygiene drive for Bridge of Hope downtown. Mm -hmm. We're gonna go, we're gonna get these hygiene products and we're gonna take them to church. So they can help other people in need and maybe it's you let your kids come and donate the things physically or invite them in the car or take them along with you so they can experience your generosity and you can walk them through it with them.
0: Yeah, a lot of times, parents, the ways that you're generous when you tithe to the church or maybe you give to a local charity, maybe the end of the year you're doing some last minute giving, a lot of those things you're writing a check or you're donating online and your kids might not actually see you doing that. So invite them in on the conversation. Say, hey, you know, every year we support this organization which does this and show them that this is something that their parents do.
1: You can also vary. We're going to harp on this one a lot in these podcasts but you preach the gospel to them. Yeah. You tell them about Jesus and about who God is and about how generous he was in sending Jesus to die like Allie talked about earlier and your children will not be transformed into gracious givers through deeds alone. Mm-hmm. Meaning you're not even going to become a gracious giver just by doing acts. Mm-hmm. It comes from a changed heart. Yes, we can learn good habits. We can teach our kids good habits, and they can experience personal benefits from giving. They can feel good about themselves through giving, but simply giving will not transform their hearts. It'll be continually sharing the gospel with your kids. Let them know that their acceptance by God is not based on what they do. They can't do anything to make God love them more but God's love is based on what Jesus has done for them. And let that spur their desire to be generous because they're like, wow, God loved me that much to send Jesus to die for me. And let that spur the generosity inside of them.
0: Yeah, the question isn't really how do we pass generosity onto our kids? It's how do we pass the life-giving gospel of Jesus to our kids? Because once they grasp the gospel, they can't help but become cheerful givers. So number three, after we've set the example, after we've talked about it, would be to encourage it. Encourage opportunities, look for opportunities to help your kids practice generosity. So there could be some fun ways that you could do that this holiday season. We talk about our time, talents, and treasures often, but how can we cultivate those this Christmas season? In our time, could we bake cookies for the mail carrier that we know is delivering tons of packages, the Amazon Prime guy, the UPS guy? Um, What about the people who take our garbage and our recycling every week? How can we bless them?
1: You can even think about, uh, as far as cookies, if you know someone in the church or a family friend who is working in the healthcare system, who mm-hmm. may be under a lot of stress, maybe feeling feeling alone because they have to quarantine away, like, hey, take them cookies, drop cookies off, have something delivered to them. Uh, you can let your children act on generous impulses when you can, maybe it's they're scrolling online and they say, hey, I think grandma would really love that Mm. and you know as long as it's not you know three thousand dollars whatever but it's a couple bucks and you say you're right grandma would really love that and you allow them and say hey do you have three dollars do you want to use your own money on this so that you can give a gift that grandma is really going to love Mm.
0: Something else to encourage generosity would be to nurture the empathy that your kids have. Um, Instead of, a lot of times, an easy go-to saying would be like, well, you know, there's a lot of poor kids who don't have these things that you have, or, you know, there's kids who don't even have whatever. Present scenarios that a child can actually relate to. Mm -hmm. Um, Give them, if you have an organization that you support or something like that, then you can give them a real-life scenario, like, here is this situation, and then invite them to kind of take that, take first person and say, how would you feel if you were in that situation? What do you think it might be like to not have food every day? What do you think it might feel like to not have enough money to go to school? Just make that empathy a little bit more realistic instead of like, oh, there's a lot of kids somewhere that we've never met and you've never seen that are poor.
1: Uh, next is to get involved as a family in a missions project something that's going to get your kids face to face with individuals who need help whether it's a soup kitchen or a foster closet or an animal shelter or fill in the blank of whatever there's needs all around us and you say hey as a family we're going to go down to fill in the blank And we're going to serve. And it's not just going to be, hey, we'll do this every Christmas. It could be, but say, hey, why don't we do this once a month? Mm. And as a family, once a month, we're going to come and we're going to serve. And we're going to develop relationships with these people who are in need. And by bringing your kids face to face, it'll hopefully make it a little bit more real that, hey, there are people who are in need all around me and let that spur the generosity inside of them. Yeah,
0: our last couple of podcast episodes, we've talked a lot about counting our blessings and I think it's natural to think about that sort of thing this time of year. But as you're thinking about the ways that you've been blessed, maybe just awakening the depths of generosity in your kids is gonna be as simple as opening your kids' eyes to exactly what they have. Look at all these blessings that we do have. And that may just be all that it takes to have your child want to be generous and want to give.
1: And we just think uh, wrapping it up that uh, Psalm 37:21 says, "The wicked borrows but does not pay back but the righteous is generous and gives. Mm-hmm. And really that's what we're all striving after. We're trying to live a good righteous life. And so what that means is that we're generous and we're giving to those who are in need, who are suffering, who are going through, difficult time and that's something we should desire for our kids Mm -hmm. we're not just treating them as children we're preparing them for adulthood and so we want to raise them to be righteous so although we fully expect your kids and your students to come after christmas and tell us about all that they received Mm -hmm. we hope to hear stories about what they did to show generosity to others Thanks for listening to It Starts at Home. We hope that today's episode has been helpful and encouraging to you. If you enjoy this episode, we ask that you share it with a friend. You can stay connected by subscribing to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.